This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. It's that magical time of the year where students are convincing teachers to put games on in the classroom. Grown men are strategically choosing to get vasectomies, and a a lot of us are widely neglecting our responsibilities. It's March Madness time. Rucker, how are we doing? (laughs) For everyone listening, me and Metcalf just BSed about like the draft and March Madness for like 30 minutes before we recorded this. We're recording this before the first game of March Madness. That's how crazy it is. Metcalf got me up really early. Um, and after all of the BSing we just had, I did not expect <laughs> a vasectomy shout out to be in the first 20 seconds of the episode. So, um, wow, I'm doing good. March Madness <laughs> is here. Uh, there's electric and the electricity in the air. I'm ready to go. I, I'm pumped up. It feels great, you know. Everyone's working today while having the, the quad box of games on on the other screen. So if you don't have dual monitors going today, you're not doing it right. Metcalf, Rookie how are you doing? Are we are we pumped up for today? I, I'm fantastic. Um, we're, we're recording this before West Virginia, Maryland, which is just electric city in terms of basketball. Um, oh no, it, it, it should be a fun one. Um, it'll probably be a rock fight, but hey, great way to start out the day with, with, with a with a nail biter eight nine matchup that's in the 50s um real there's quick nothing better there's it's, absolutely it's, nothing it's better just the just the purest form of college basketball <laughs> um so i mean obviously today we're going to run through our bracket pick by pick by pick by pick i'm kidding <laughs> um big picture thoughts call, call your shot who's winning it um i i i still believe if if marcus sasser plays i think houston's my my team um I like Bama a lot, and Brandon Miller's going to be the most dangerous player in this tournament when it comes to just offensive, like, you know, firepower. Um, potentially poor choice of words. Sorry, I have to have some fun there. But um, I think that Bama team's shown they can be beat. All it takes is a little bit of an off night from the, the you know, Miller or some of the other players. It seems really wide open. Um, I still think think Kansas gonna be really tough to deal with so i don't know I, there's a lot of teams where i can make an argument for um yeah. i don't know and, and like i also think there's some sneaky teams like uconn that's shown that they can hang with the big boys and um i don't know what about you uh i have alabama winning in one and kansas winning in the other so okay um but i, I think it's gonna be messy i think there's gonna be some ugliness um especially in that kansas bracket they kind of got screwed i thought but that's how it falls sometimes yeah, a quick shout out to everyone listening. Obviously, when you're hearing this, you're not going to be able to sign up. But we had so many dang people sign oh, up so for cool. our no ceilings bracket. And it was like, I looked at one point and there, we had like eight people. And all of a sudden, like, I like 
went and checked like a day later and it was like over a hundred. I was like, this is awesome. So <laughs> thanks for everyone. Um, that's going to be cool. Well, if you're listening to this and you signed up and if you ended up winning, whoever just reach out to us. Cause obviously yeah. we can't see your Twitter username on the, the brackets. We'll post a screenshot, whoever wins and then just, you know, reach out. We'll, we'll hit the negotiating table to see if we can come to an agreement on a contract or whatever merchandise you want. Maybe you want the draft guide. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so today we're just going to kind of run through uh, the No Ceilings Composite Big Board uh, version 5 that we dropped this week over at NoSealingsMBA.com along with a new mock draft as well. Both of those are 100% free along with everything we, uh, along with everything else that we write over there. NoSealingsMBA.com, 100% free. Go check it out. Um, if you've been enjoying this podcast and really kind of want to help us out and help us continue to grow and reach more ears um, and expand the audience so we can continue to do more awesome stuff for all of you, uh, please make sure to leave a review uh, and five-star rating, hopefully, please, um, and subscribe. Uh, we, we love all of you and very excited for the draft season to really get into the thick of things. Um, so before we dive into our big board rankings and just kind of some of the differences, what we liked, what we didn't like. Let's take a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. All right, Rucker, uh, let's just run through these five at a time, um, or at least through the first round. And yeah, everyone just, loves this. We're just going to start one through five with... Uh, Victor Wembanyama at one, Scoot Henderson at two, Brandon Miller at three, Juris Walker at four, Asar Thompson at five. It looks great. Um, enough's enough. Let's get this shit on the road, Metcalf. Everyone knows why we're here, so let's just damn do this. It's let's talk about Scoot versus Brandon Miller. Let's. Um, you know, a lot of people out there are saying that they're the first to be high on Brandon Miller, so. Congratulations. You're the first people that have been talking about Brandon Miller in this whole draft cycle. Congratulations. But on a serious note, I we've hinted at this topic of conversation for months, me and you. And we didn't talk in detail about it, but I was like, do you think there's a Scoot Henderson versus Brandon Miller? Can you see it? Like we talked about the Pistons, if there are two, like could you see it? And now the biggest story on the world on the line is Brandon Miller versus Scoot. And I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of feel disgusting. Yes, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just still don't think it's really a competition. But go ahead. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words. Yeah, no, so I, I still have Scoot at two. Um, I think Scoot was consensus number two for the entire crew at No Ceilings. Um I will say that I can understand the argument for Brandon Miller, because when you get someone who's that tall with that size, um, with how lethal of a shooter he is, how much his kind of inside the arc scoring has improved, mm -hmm. they're really good passing flashes. I get the idea. 
I like I I don't hate the argument. Um, what I do hate is that no one has seemed to be able to make the argument for Miller without trying to undermine and diminish how incredibly talented Scoot Henderson is. Yeah, and every argument I hear where it's you know oh I have Brandon Miller too because I can find Scoot Henderson's anywhere. Oh my god, no you can't. Or I can find a six two guard anywhere sure you can find a 6-2 guard anywhere you can't find a 6-2 guard who does everything on both ends of the floor that scoot henderson does the this need to demand it's the same shit that we hear in all the mvp conversations and it's just a lack of ability to debate and make a reasoned argument without diminishing the other side because if you can't fully prop up and put the guy who you think is the better player if you can't support your argument by boosting what he does well and you have to tear down the other option you is that really that good of an argument then i i I fail to see how it is and i think everything scoot henderson has done is so underappreciated um you know their comments coming out about how execs are just they feel more comfortable scouting the college game and they're not really sure how scoot's game is going to translate why he's playing against the guys in your organization you should know how good these guys are you should know how mature they are you should know how competitive they are he's playing against them and dominating them on a game-by-game basis so how are you uncomfortable with that i get it's something different it's year three of this whole ignite process but it's like you should be familiar with the guys that he's playing against you should know that they're grown men that they are nba level you know competition you know step down from that obviously but just this incessant need to diminish the brilliance of Scoot Henderson to boost up Brandon Miller, who I really like. I have Brandon Miller at three now. Um, and, you know, putting him over Jairus Walker was a re- something I really struggled with because I love Jairus. And Brandon Miller's been that good that he's earned it. He's, he's earned to be that to- a top three prospect in this class. Nothing Scoot Henderson has done this year has suggested that he's gotten worse or that he's not going to be an incredible NBA player. That was brilliant. I love that. Um, you you brought a lot more heat than I thought, so now I'm going to have to try to go. We're going to pull a scene from the other guys. I'm going to go bad cop, bad cop. So <laughs> my board for the last two months, three months, I think three months, has been in the same top three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be that way. I have Victor, Scoot, and Brandon Miller. Those are the three guys right now. I have no doubts. That's my order. Like, I've never felt this way this early. The only reason I don't just make it a public statement is because I think that's bad scouting. I think you have yeah. to go back and do your homework and run through the whole thing. But it's pretty much 95% right now. And I've never felt that way that, that on March. Um I love Jarrett so much. I've had him fourth for the last couple of months. The only thing stopping me from keeping it in my top four is I'm starting to watch him in again and I'm getting some feelings, but that's another conversation for another day. Focusing on Scoot versus Brandon. And I just had to say that to piss you off. So yeah, I love Jarrett so far. Focusing on okay, Scoot this- versus Brandon. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's some things we need to realize. And this is going to be, I'm sorry. I love everyone in the draft community. I always love you. This is going to be a little wake-up call for all of us, myself included. We get fucking bored 
So we keep trying to find something to intrigue us and make this new conversation of like, okay, this is what we could screw around and talk about for the next couple months to, you know, tickle our fancies. The truth is beginning of the year, everyone was going crazy about overreactions with Brandon Miller. Cause everyone's like, he can't finish around the basket. Look yep. at this is six, nine guy. He doesn't have the athletic tools. He's a nightmare finishing. Guess what? He fixed that. That conversation really quickly went down the damn drain. And we all were like, oh, okay. Got quiet about Brandon Miller when he was going up and putting 20 a game and shooting 40, 40, 85. We were all really quiet then. All the doubters, all the haters. And then it was, uh, we had a around him about, oh, he's old. I mean, he's 20 years old. He's going to be 21 when the NBA season's going on next year as a rookie. So everyone was like, well, he's too old, you know, to be that. Give me a fucking break. So then now beginning of the year, we watched Scoot Henderson versus Victor in that one game. He was unbelievable. And there was people being like, you know what? Scoot's my guy. I'm putting him at number one. I think we're bored. I think because Alabama is such a good team, Mm -hmm. it's pumping on TV right now. So everyone's watching Brandon Miller as, as much as he possibly can. I mentioned it with Nick on the deep dives pod. I said, no one's going to easily accessing Scoot Henderson film unless you're wanting to go watch Scoot. You have to go hunt it. That's the difference. Brandon Miller, you could go find Alabama very quickly because they're the top team in the country. Everyone's pumping them on right now. They're going to be March Madness. It's going to be the spotlight shining right on them. Scoot, two years of G League basketball, Going up against grown men, he was 17 last year. He just turned 19, and he averaged 17, 5, and 6 on 44, 32, 75. Everyone that wants to point out the three-point percentage, he shot like 16% last year as a 17-year-old from three and almost doubled it. Scoot was around the high 30s, almost low 40s for most of the year from outside. Like That's what happens with a small stretch. He had a nasal fracture. He had to get put in concussion protocol twice. He had yeah, twice. He had uh, I think he had an ankle injury. Like he got banged up this year, and everyone's gonna be like, "Well, he's that's bad news. He's he's got injured." No, everyone gets fucking hurt in basketball. You know, like it happens. And the other thing, this drives me crazy. You can find a six-two guard anywhere. Really, really. Do you think New York Knicks fans agree with that statement? They were hunting for a point guard for 15 fucking decades, and then they just got Jalen Brunson as a free agent. They're like, this is incredible. Like, You also don't find 6'2 guards with a plus 7 wingspan, athleticism, nastiness, and all the tools to potentially be a franchise-altering piece. I think there's two franchise-altering pieces in this Mm -hmm. draft class. It's Scoot Henderson and Victor. Brandon Miller is looking like he could potentially be the third. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think Brandon Miller is looking like a superstar. I think Scoot has the tools to literally transform a franchise. Like That's how much I think of him. And my last thing. I'm sorry, we really got off topic with this. But this is my last thing. Anyone that tells me that Scoot didn't take strides as a playmaker this year, uh, you just told me you didn't watch fucking film. Like, you just told me you didn't watch any games last this year. Yeah. Because you need to watch one game to talk to me about his playmaking and that's against victor me and you talked at the beginning of the year that was i was jaw dropped from seeing that in person of i, I wrote two thousand words on it at the start of the year everyone i love you that's it i'm done i let it all out i'm sorry that's pretty much you know 
that was me at a seven. You don't want to see me go to a 10. <laughs> so um, I, I just, and I'm fine if you want to have that discussion as yeah. just a fun discussion. I'm fine with it. I promise. But pointing out Scoot to just hammer him to convince yourself that this is legit is like, you better have the, the right stuff. And if you want to show me a bunch of clips of like some turnovers he's made, because Scoot had problems with turnovers again this year, sure. that's fine. I'm fine with that. That's great. You you did your homework. You did your research. But don't just jump on this bandwagon just to create something. This is ridiculous. Love yeah, I, l- last thing I got on it. I mean, yeah. I, him, him and Jaden Hardy are obviously just vastly different players. But we overthought it last year with Jaden Hardy because yes. the leap in competition that these guys are taking as teenagers and playing these grown men on a nightly or on a game by game basis, that's a huge leap. Not only is Scoot, I'm going to say dominating those matchups because I think he is and has been, but this whole Ignite system is meant to develop these guys, to put them in uncomfortable situations, to grow their game all around. That's what happened with Jaden Hardy last year, where he was asked to run more off ball, where he was asked to do more playmaking, where he was asked to run the pick and roll and not just create, create for himself in isolation. And he struggled with that. He had a disastrous first two-thirds of the season, but then the game started slowing down. He started figuring some things out, and that last quarter, third of the season, he started looking really good. All we're hearing about Jaden Hardy now is how how did he fall as far as he did? God, he is he, he's so much better than people gave him credit for. Look at the way he's scoring and passing and moving the ball, and God, the, the Mavs really have this awesome p- rookie piece going into the future. Why is that any different? than what Scoot Henderson has been put in position to do. He's running the offense. He's setting screens off ball. He's cutting. He's playing defense. He's playmaking. He's playing a myriad of roles for whatever that team needs him to do. He's learning how to be an all-around superstar. He's learning how to lead a team and be that all-around player that produces winning basketball. So, yeah, is he filling up the absolute most egregious stat lines on on every game? No. Because he's not supposed to. That's not the point of basketball to produce the most outlandish stats, especially in a developmental system. The point is to get better and to get ready for the NBA. And that's what he's done. Yeah. And and, and I I do want to say to everyone, like, it's closer of a conversation than it was in the beginning of the year, because that's mm-hmm. how much I think of Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. But I just don't and, – and if you want to have Brandon Miller over, that's fine. We say all the time. We respect everyone's opinion. We, we love everyone in the draft community. That's fine. I just think everyone pointing out Scoot – like the discussion about it, I don't like is how people are going around it. If someone was like, hey, it's a wings league, I think a wing would be way more important if you could get an elite one than potentially point – I'll be like, okay, fine. That's a that, – yeah. I, I understand that. But if you're just being like – He's way better than Scoot. Scoot struggled at the G League. It's like, okay, stop. But so um, if Scoot was in the SEC, we'd have a very different feeling about Scoot this time of the year. So, um, okay, I'm sorry for everyone. We took about 20 minutes. I, me and you have never, you know, turned it up like that with some anger. So no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm having fun now. Yeah, so. Uh, All right, gosh, any thoughts on Jairus or Isar besides, hey, they're good. <laughs> they're, they're, no, Jairus I absolutely love. I think yeah. he's going to have a good tourney run. I think he's going to be a top five guy. I really do. Um, should be. I think, I think you're going to have to get into the top five to get him is probably a better way to say it. Like if you're in love with him and you have the seventh pick, you better be going up. 
Um, Asar, I still love. Um, I'm for everyone that loves our little highlight breakdowns. We're doing the finals. I'm going to launch soon. Those are very lengthy extended ones. So you could kind of get all of the full season of, of stuff in one video. I make them a little bit too long on purpose. Cause I want people to be like, okay, I can go here and watch as much as I want. And I'm on amends right now. Um, fun stuff. There's some fun stuff. There's some fun stuff. I, I, I think people are going to be annoyed that he was set or I'm sorry. I'm jumping all over the place. You got me rattled. I'm ready to go to war. Like I'm Russell Crowe and gladiator. So just keep going. Take yeah, over. No, no, that, that that's a good transition point to the next group. Uh, yeah. We have Cam Whitmore at six, Amen Thompson at seven, Keontae George at eight, Judd Howard at nine and Anthony Black at 10. What I was just getting at is we had the Thompson twins five and seven. I think some people could be a little confused about that order. I still think they could go earlier they could creep back up when we all go back and do our full film dives the one that surprised me is uh whitmore going back up i thought it wasn't going to be that aggressive with our no ceilings family because i think we had him around eight or nine on the last one and for everyone listening like jumping three or four spots in the consensus one's a big deal um in just one month especially in the top 10 yeah i feel like it, it you know because we're weighing everyone's board so it, it just usually don't see that much movement with that guy but whitmore's looked impressive lately so what did you think yeah and i i bumped him up to five um mm-hmm. i th- these last two months he's just simplified his offense and it looks so much better uh yeah the, the shot has smoothed out a lot um start of the year maybe it was injury based but not entirely sure but the arc on his shot was all over the place so one shot would be an absolute rainbow the next one would be a line drive that hit off the opposite side of the square um and it's more consistent and i i'm getting a little more convinced by his touch his first step is fucking absurd and i i just so much prefer his attack game when he just uses a little jab step and then drive the other way or when the screen comes and defender starts to cheat over he's blowing past him the other way um he he might have the best first step in this class and when you compound that with his strength and his frame when he gets downhill it's the on-ball defender can't get around him to recover and rotating weak side defenders can't you know really deter him or move him off his spot because of how strong he is and he he already has that momentum going downhill i i'm also super impressed with how he's been cutting off ball i think there's a ton of upside with his defense i really like his defensive footwork and how he kind of anticipates stuff there um the off ball stuff needs work shocker 18 year olds aren't the best at off ball defense it happens um i but he's quickly becoming one of these athletes and one of these players where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how much, or I, I think I would lose a good amount of sleep if I passed on him in that kind of five to seven range. And he really turned into something. He's starting to look like the guy I thought in the beginning of the year, there's, there's still some general rawness. I thought he might've been like one more developmental step ahead on the path but I also think if maybe he had a full year and didn't have that annoying preseason, just miss all those reps. Maybe we saw that at the end of the year. So he was ninth on our last big board. He jumped to sixth. 
this one, which is a big jump. I'm, I'm, I'm just being real. Like, for example, Asar Thompson was sixth on last month's big board. He's fifth now. Um, Amen was still seventh. Jet Howard was eighth on last month's. He is ninth here. So basically, Keontae George fell from five to eight. Um, it, it, that's another one that's kind of getting my interest lately. Um, I'm wondering if it's just kind of people are just cooling off on Keontae as the, the topic of conversation or everyone's fascinating about the percentages. I still feel those are, well, those worries are all warranted. I'm not going to downplay those. I understand everyone would say that. I also wonder if this is a system thing we might be overthinking where Keontae has to do a lot of the offensive heavy lifting. I know Flagler has been outstanding for them throughout the year at times, but I feel like there's just inconsistency with that team. Um, I think guys like Jet, guys like Keontae, maybe we're overthinking a little bit right now because they're just the cooling, the cooling off, you know, but um, to go off of what you're saying, well, with Whitmore, that first step's terrifying. And it's not just the first step. It's the first step that is a semi-truck coming down the lane. So, like, he's coming at you with very vicious power. And he's only 18. He's going to be turning 19 at Summer League. So, youth upside, a very scary NBA frame already. I think that's going to be a very fun developmental piece. He's going to get some front office executive Mm -hmm. and his feelings deep in an empty gym against the chair. Uh, uh, Before we move on, we over, everyone's overthinking jet right now, huh? Because they just came out and said he's had, he's been playing injured, which I think is a legit thing. And I, I I thought that was kind of common knowledge, but it seems like a lot of people are taken aback by that. Um, I think it was the Minnesota game where he hurt his ankle and yes. that was two months ago. Gosh. And when you kind of look at how their offense was run, where first half of the season, really dynamic stuff, running him off screens, letting him attack downhill, making decisions. Uh, he started showing some ISO creation. Um, after that game, Hunter Dickinson started getting 45 post-ups a game. I having a bum ankle for two months really throws off what you can do. And I, I do think that that's a big factor. I, he's at 10 for me right now, I think. Um, yeah, he's at 10 for me and it feels low, but I, I, it's more so a testament to a couple other guys jumping him and not necessarily me dropping him. Um, I thought his defense got better throughout the season. Um, you know, obviously it's a low bar at the start, but just seeing those improvements with his on-ball footwork, uh, some of the anticipation and rotation stuff, um, off-ball, it just got better. It's still not good. It has a long way to go, but there were steps made in the right direction. And doing that on a bum ankle, I thought was really encouraging. Um, I, I still think he's easily a lottery and top 10 type of prospect, though. Did he hurt his ankle when it was against Minnesota at home? I think it was at Minnesota. Oh, so early in the year. Yeah. I was I trying made... to look up something for fun, but um so I, I looked up I, I could I could be mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure it's, it was against Minnesota. Okay, so the nineteenth game of the year they played 
at home against Minnesota. The following game, they played Purdue and Jet didn't play. So I was just guessing it was that. But I was just looking up for fun. What did Kobe Bufkin do after that injury? And Kobe finished up the year in 14 games. He had 16, almost 16, six and three on 50, 42, 86 shooting splits. So that might be a little bit of a, a hat tip to Kobe for uh, uh, we need someone to step up. All right. Got you. Um, but yeah, I'm getting off traffic. I'm still just fired up from that <laughs> argument. Um, anything else you want to move on? No, let, let's jump to the uh, next group. Um, so back half of, or back third of the lottery, we have uh, Kaysen Wallace at 11, Jalen Huchifino at 12, Taylor Hendricks at 13, Grady Dick at 14, and then Nick Smith just outside the lottery at 15. I love this group and everyone's going to be like, what are you doing with Nick Smith at 15? And it is not, I think there's no problem with him right there right now. And I'm being dead serious with everyone. Like I, I've said this on the deep dives pod earlier this week. I had Nick Smith at around 15, 14 on my board. I already could see me moving him back up. Um, I just have questions right now. And I think the bet, the reason why I love us doing the consensus big boards at no ceilings is because it shows I'm not the only one. Like everyone has those questions arising right now. And you know, that's what you could see from the weighted average. And um, I think this could be an overthinking guy. You know, I wrote an article at no ceilings about like it's overthinking season. This is at the top of my board of this could be overthinking, but I also think, this is a guy that I think him, Dariq Whitehead, are guys that have had tough freshman years that are trying to do too much when they get back from missing extended time. And maybe we're punishing them for that, for, for giving a shit, for trying to, you know, they're, they're way behind the pack and they're trying to f- catch up as fast as possible and sometimes you got to just let the game come to you. And, you know, Derek Whitehead said earlier this year, like when he came back, he got interviewed after the game. He's like, everything's moving so damn fast. I'm yeah. just trying to catch up. I think Nick Smith is probably in that same wheelhouse. So I know a lot of people are going to overreact about, we had him at 15 and we had him at the mock at 20. And I think people were like, what the, f-? and I was just like, Hey, like there's questions. And, um, you know, Wasserman left a little breadcrumb on his. I think he had Nick Smith at nine on on Bleacher Report's new updated mock. And he said in there too, there's some questions rising about the efficiency and the versatility. And I'm just like, that's a nice way to say you have him at nine, but you're also <laughs> feeling about moving him down. So I don't know. That, I'm just focusing on Nick Smith. But anybody else? No, I, I, I think Nick Smith is a big one in that <clears> group. <throat> and I so baseline with him, I have him at 18 right now. Um, and I know that's really low for a lot of people, but I'll start with the positive. I really buy the shot. I I think he's going to be an awesome shooter. Uh, spot up. Here's in 73rd percentile, um, open catch and shoot. Here's in the 93rd percentile, um, overall catch and shoot 56 percentile dribble jumpers, 52nd percentile, uh, all jump shots, 54th. So I think he's, he's a really good shooter. What I wanted and expected from him this year was more point guard play and initiation and creation. Um, Obviously injuries derail that. And when you play next to a guy like Anthony black, who has been healthy and been able to fulfill that role all season, Arkansas had expectations and they kind of just snuck into the tournament really. And 
they have something good going. So you don't really want to upset the apple cart with that and completely just throwing a new point guard in there full time. But my concerns with, um, with Smith is that I'm getting more and more skeptical about his ability to play actual point guard than to really initiate and lead an offense. Um, you, you talked about everything was really fast uh, for Derek Whitehead. I think that's really evident with Nick Smith right now, where he is yep. at this frenetic pace and looks sped up all the time. Um, and that's really concerning because adjusting mentally to that can take some time and it can take a couple of years. I'm not saying he'll never do it or won't do it sooner rather than later, but if he's with his frame, you know, he's going to struggle physically at the start of his career too. And I'm not sure that he's going to get a ton of in-game reps to really develop that ability to slow the game down, to get used to the pace, to get used to the, the athleticism. And it wouldn't surprise me if a team got impatient and just kind of wrote him off. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's an awesome kind of second, you know, quote unquote, second draft type of guy where he gets to a second team and things really start clicking for him. There's a ton of talent there. But when you talk about the inefficiencies, there's some really, really concerning stuff. So pick and roll ball handler, 27th percentile. Um, and then pick and roll, uh, pick and roll operator with passes, 15th percentile. I expected those numbers to be so much higher. And maybe if Trevon, if he would have been healthy all year and playing with Trevon Brazil as that kind of rim running pick and pop type threat all season, maybe those numbers look really different, but they are what they are. And right now they're really bad. Yeah. And you can make the argument that, you know, maybe he just hasn't figured out how to play alongside Anthony black, you know, every, mm -hmm. the dangerous part about having an, a powerhouse recruiting class is, and this is one of the biggest things we always come back to is every single guy that's a big time recruit was the guy in high school. Now, when you're going to a big time program in college, everyone there that's a big recruit is going to be the guy. Like they were the guy. So you're trying to figure out in a hurry how to get chemistry, how to play together. That's why some of these schools now are doing like the overseas trip because you're trying to build chemistry. You're trying to learn trust with one another. And, you know, maybe Nick's trying to figure out how to play alongside Anthony Black because Anthony yeah. Black's been fantastic for them all year. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's more of a natural point guard for them, like playmaker. But that's what I'm seeing with Nick is in I, I've been struggling with him all year and I have to give Corey his flowers because Corey was hammering us in the beginning of the year. Like he's not a point guard. This is not going to be a point guard. He's more of an off ball guard. And I'm seeing that now. And, and, and I think that's the point where I'm at where I'm like, okay, if he's not this potential really versatile ball handler, like point guard, like primary point guard. Well, what is he then? Because he's had a strong like six game stretch, but he's still around like 40, 34, 73 for the year. And I know he's been banged up, but then what are we at? And um, I think that makes his fit more specific for mm -hmm. NBA teams picking early because they might be like, we want to play him off. So we need him to play alongside someone that can handle the ball and almost, you know, make him focus on just one role instead of making everything go so fast, but he's going to be turning 19 next month. Um, 
I just think this is a guy too, like Utah has two picks. Maybe they're like, hey, they're upside. We have the time to let him develop. This might be it got, guards take a while to get going. So I yep. could see teams cooling on him. I could see someone being like, we're gonna draft him and reap the rewards three years from now because he just needs everything to slow down. Like he needs an NBA team to grab him and be like, Nick, it's okay. We'll just take this one baby step at a time. Cause I think right now he's he's buying into all that hype that he had. Oh, I was a preseason top five pick and I'm not playing well. I gotta be putting up 30 a game. It's just let's relax a little bit. So um yeah, we focused a lot on him. Taylor Hendricks, I think he's moving on up. So he's at 13. I think he's still going up, Metcalf, but um that's he's all like, I got. He- He's at nine for me right now. Um, good, good. Where do yeah. I have him? And I, 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 I will I'll be writing about him over at NoSeelingsNBA.com. Breaking yeah. his on Friday. It's on um, Go check it out. I had him at 13 as well. I'm considering already moving him up in front of two names. So I'm sure I'll be in that top 12 range Some. Oh, gosh, this is great. I love this shit. Um, what else? Let's move on. Okay. Uh, ne- next group of five, we have Bryce Sensabaugh at 16, Max Lewis at 17, Jordan Hawkins at 18, Kobe Jones at 19, and Gigi Jackson at 20. Um, the Sensabaugh movement's happening. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I just... 16 was like, whoa! I, this is where it's dangerous when we have some individuals do the board that are, you know, like players. Cause I'm like, can you show me the math? No, I'm kidding. He sends of all, I think deserves to be up there. Um, I still love all, I, I love Maxwell Lewis. I love Jordan Hawkins. I love Colby Jones. I think Gregory at 20 shocked me a little just because I was like, well, everyone's aggressively on that same wavelength with no ceilings. And then I saw all the mainstream boards and it feels like they're kind of flirting with the same idea. So I was like, okay, I guess we're, we're not always crazy. What'd you think? Yeah. I, I think it's a really kind of unique group of five because I knew we, we have a couple of returners and Jordan Hawkins and Colby Jones, a couple guys who I don't think anyone really expected to be that high and Bryce Sensabaugh and Max Lewis. Um, and, and I'm talking about like start of the season uh, to be that high. Um, and then Gigi Jackson, who is just a total wild card in this draft, because going into the season, he was considered a top 10 pick. He was the number one overall recruit for next year's freshman class. Um, he reclassified. He's super young. Wasn't on a great team. It's really, okay, was this worst case scenario for what his freshman year, playing up a year, playing a, you know, reclassifying, is this the worst it could have possibly been? Or are there some major major holes and concerns that we need to worry about and obviously it always lands somewhere in the middle um so i don't know it'll be fascinating i think he's going to get some front offices to absolutely follow fall in love with him uh in workouts there are just a lot of this is gonna sound more harsh than i mean it to but there's a lot of immaturity to his game because he is super young. I don't mean that as an insult. It's more so he needs to get into a good culture. He needs to have some veteran leaders to be around and teach him how to play winning basketball when he's not 100% the guy on the court at all times, because he's not going to be. And once he kind of learns that and learns the nuances of playing off ball and contributing more to 
winning basketball on a more consistent basis, there is so much fucking talent there to build on and grow into that superstar that he had the expectations coming into the season of being. Absolutely. I mean, I, I still think that's a guy that, you know, he's had some ups and downs throughout the year and I'm not talking about just playing. I think he's had some off the court stuff that, you know, and, and not like not legal bad. or character damage. No, it's being just a kid. Being, it's being a kid. It's being 18 years old playing college basketball and having all the keys to the castle. It's, just stuff he's gonna have to answer for it at interviews and something bad. Like I think he had the I, I you know, he had the apparent Instagram live thing after a game they lost on a last second where I think he didn't get the one of the last plays and I think he made a comment. I'm not trying to like, you know, but I think that it resulted in him getting benched for a couple of games mm-hmm. and he had to come off the bench and he wasn't in the starting five. So teams are just gonna do their homework and be like, okay, what you what happened there? Like what I have no doubt that he won't know just what to say and teams will be fine with it they're just gonna you know cross it off their list but he's gonna be a guy that looks great in workouts he's six nine great frame stupid young like he he's got a lot of stuff going for him um and i think some team's gonna see too much upside and too much talent that we have him 20th i don't doubt that he's not going to be a workout warrior in 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 this pre-draft process so i think he's got a lot to gain um that's all I'll say. Cool. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next five. So we have Chris Murray at 21, Ryan Rupert at 22, Kobe Bufkin at 23, Marcus Sasser at 24, and welcome back to the top 25, Derek Lively. Welcome back, Mr. Lively. Was it good for you? It was good for me. Lively's, um, I don't think this is an overreaction. I think it's legit. Yeah. Um, I was proud to see everyone at No Ceilings is like, I don't think the, the good thing about no ceilings for everyone listening, you know, besides the fact that it's hundred percent free <laughs> is I, you know, I've one of these days, I know we're talking about the big board. One of these days we're, we're, we've been toying with the idea of doing a recording our mock draft war room to let everyone see what it's like. Cause it's vicious because, and the only reason we haven't done it yet is because every time I'm going to record it, then it gets a little angry in there and I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe we don't want people to see this. But there's really good discussions. There's good conversations. And all the time people are texting in the group chat. We're basically constantly just talking about prospects. And the lively one's been cool because we don't like spill our rankings before we submit our big boards. So it's awesome to see the average and be like, wow, okay. We're all thinking kind of similar. And I'm I'm proud that we all are. Everyone did their homework with lively. They're not just being like, oh, well. He's getting some attention, so we got to move him up. Everyone did their homework. They've liked what they've seen. I think, I think we were all in there, like going into this season, we were all making it a point of like trying to drool over the idea that Lively was going to be the next potential like franchise building block center. And now I think we're all at the point where it's like, hey, he might not be that, but he also might be a phenomenal defender yeah. that you makes your starting five better, which is fine. Those guys played 15 years in the league. Like yeah. you, you make out a career. So I think now everyone's got kind of a grasp of what Lively could be. Like into the first round teams, or even like we projected him on our mock draft, like 18th or 19 to Houston and um i like like the fit and like we had some rockets fans be like oh i love that like we'd leave with scoot and lively and i was like yeah that's fun so um i I like his game a lot i think kobe buffkin at 23 is 
right there. I think he's going to keep going up. I think a lot of people are starting to ask me about repair and they're like, what am I not seeing? I'm like, I don't know, buddy, but there's a lot of NBA teams that are teams that are seeing it. So you better, you better buckle up. So that's all I got. Hit me with some vents. What do you got? No, I'm, I'm just glad that all of you finally caught up on Kobe Bufkin. Um, just took all season for it. Um, I, I just think this is kind of another fun group. Uh, Chris Murray, I am a lot lower on. I think I'm the lowest of the group on him. He's fine. Um, the Keegan Murray comparisons yeah, stop that are now. lazy. Like they, they are lazy. Yes, they're twins. Oh, my God. They're completely different players. Stop it. Chris, Mur- Chris Murray will be in my 20s. I like him a lot. I think, I, there's I think a he'll real... be a perfectly fine role player. This will be my evaluation. If the right team takes him, I'll be like, it's a great pick. Like it's just it'll be like, okay, good pick. Because Murray might be a guy that also plays 10 years in the league. And if he goes to a playoff team, I think it's really smart. If someone in the lottery tries to convince him themselves that Chris Murray is has a higher ceiling than he might have, I think you can run into some troubled waters. But like a team like Memphis, a team like Sacramento, obviously, because we'd have the Murray brothers, but like um I'm just saying like a playoff team if the Clippers somehow got them or I I, I think it, Celtics nice. decide to move off Grant Williams and bring in Chris Murray. Like that's the team I would I would like that. And I'm a Celtics fan. I think that's smart stuff. So um I don't know. Okay. Uh let's move on to the next group. We have Dariq Whitehead at 26, uh Trace Jackson Davis at 27, Turquavion Smith at 28, CD Sissoko at 29, and Noah Clowney at 30. I mean, City, have you watched much of City? I, he's been doing nah, some I, impressive I, I, stuff. It's okay, but. guy. I mean, we have to admit to everyone, like, we have day jobs. We're trying to catch up. So it's not like we, you know, even if we move up guys, it's it's not like we've been able to watch 10 full games. We're trying to watch 900 prospects at once. Watched a little bit, some really, really good stuff. I had moved him up to 32, but I think he's knocking on that door. Um Everyone's going to react about Dariq. I still think Dariq can make up some momentum. This, you know, I just haven't seen him the high school version yet. And it's just, no, I, I still don't think he's 100%. No, I, I think he's been and he's 60%. shooting the shit out of the ball. Recently. That's also the underrated storyline that uh, with all of this going on this year with his health, his outside shot has taken a big step. So unfortunately, and, I feel like it's like, and look the at deep- that. The, the defense kind of keeps creeping in the right direction back to where it was when he was at Montford. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still holding, I, I have him at 20. I'm still holding on to there's a lot more there than he's kind of shown. Yeah. I, I, I think he might have some juice in those legs. Um, I hope he does in mm-hmm. these couple of games. I hope he's got some, some extra bounce because that'll be exciting, but we'll see. There's going to be some stuff that comes out about how banged up he's been. I, that's going to be an Intel guy too. I think someone's going to potentially get a steal because they're going to get him and he's going to get healthy and it's going to be like, oh boy. He's also not going to turn 19 till basically after summer league. Love it. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to the second round. Do you want to keep it at five or jump to 10 apiece? I mean, if you want, we could either do the second round and just break every single one, or you could just give me some of your your flavor, whatever you want. Let's go through them all. Okay. I'm going to go 10 at a time here. So bear bear with me. Yeah. Um, 
Adambona at 31, Julian Phillips, 32, Julian Strother, 33, Kyle Filipowski, 34, Jaime Jaquez at 35, Leonard Miller at 36, Mike Miles, 37, Duran Holmes, 38, uh, apologies on pronunciation, but Brandon Podzemski at 39, Jalen Wilson at 40. Um, Pod making the jump was cool. I still think everyone on draft Twitter or draft fans out there that reach out to us. They're like, he's got to be a first rounder. It's like, just be patient, be patient for hammering through film. Just be patient. He's making the charge up. I think he just jumped like 20 spots. So just, just calm down a little bit. Um, I still think Strother has been fantastic this year. I think he's yeah. going to have a nice little turning run. Julian Phillips. I still think there's too much defensive potential. I love our boy Bonas at 31. Um, everyone giving me shit and Filipowski ended up at 34. I was like, ha ha. So, um, and then Leonard Miller has been a hot name right now. I think Leonard Miller has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still think he could get up in that first round. I think he's yeah. been great. It's been a big year for Leonard. Miller. Also, let me just bring out devil's advocate from earlier for everyone that doubts the G league as a developmental league. Look at what Leonard Miller did with one year. He averaged 16 and 10, Beginning of the year, I watched him, and I was like, this guy is all over the place. He's – talk about just moving too fast, like moving too fast for your mind, or your mind's moving too fast for your body. I was I saw him, and I was like, oh, boy, he's all over the place. And to see the strides he's made by the end of just one year there, my goodness. So shout-out to the Ignite program. That's exactly what we're talking about. Like, yeah, they know what they're doing. They put guys in position to make their weaknesses – you know, strong enough to survive at the NBA level. They're, they're trying to get them uncomfortable so you can get comfortable. So shout out. Yeah. And his, his ability to prove that he can play a role and contribute to winning basketball. Um, that was my biggest hesitation with him coming into the year. And because he was never held accountable, the, the highlights were awesome. But when you actually watch the full game tape, it was like, Oh my God, this dude is roaming on defense he's doing whatever he wants on offense there's no accountability here like it, it looked like a guy who had never really been coached at a high level now he is and he's accepted that and the fact that he's accepted that and proven to be super coachable and willing to do the dirty work and do the unsexy stuff on the court that that kind of gets me more excited about him so I, i'm really excited to kind of keep catching up on him um but I, I bumped him up to 38 it wouldn't surprise me if he's closer to 30 come draft time for me if not even higher because i i, I just i'm a sucker for guys who are willing to get their hands dirty and do the little stuff especially when you make that big of a mental adjustment and ability to kind of accept your role and not necessarily be quote unquote the guy all the time that's exciting. Yeah, he's going to be one of the final videos I do for our YouTube channel that I'm probably the most excited about just to get a length of everything. Because I love doing those videos because you basically get to watch the whole year. Like, you get to see the progressions throughout the year. So, um, okay, what do you got? Okay, uh, 41, we have James Naji. Uh, 42, Azulis Tubelis. 43, Bilal Koulibaly, who you just wrote about over yes. at NBA.com. Go check it out. Uh, Jalen Clark at 44, Nikola Jurisic at 45, Kevin McCuller, 46, Arthur Kaluma, 47, Tucker DeVries, 48, Andre Jackson, 49, Reese Beekman, 50. Um, I would say I love Naji there at 41. Um 
I still think he has a shot to go in the first round. I've done a dive on his defensive stuff. It is fun, and he's playing limited minutes for FC Barcelona. I joked with this uh, with Nick on the um, deep dives pod, and I was like, "Have you seen their starting five? It's like all guys that have played multiple years in the NBA." Um, Miritich is in the starting lineup. Jan Vesely, who everyone jokes will be like, well, he's a bust. Well, in Europe, he's literally one of the best players. Um, so, like, it, their team – oh, uh, Sadoransky mm. is their point guard. So, like, their team stack. Corey Higgins, which he had a cup of coffee in the NBA, but he's become, like, one of the top, you know, versatile guards um, in Europe. Um, he's like one of their guys too. So they have a stacked roster and Najee's still getting limited minutes with that team, but he's really fun. So if you haven't watched him, don't obsess with the stats. He literally won't turn 19 until after way after summer league. I mean, he is built like the Hulk. Um, and then cool Bali. I just wrote about from my around the world piece. The deeper I got into his film, the more I got excited. I, I really, really liked him. So if anyone hasn't heard about him, he's a hot name. I would go check him out. He's 6'6". He glides around the court. But what, what else you got? Anybody else? Um, Kevin McCuller, I think, is just going to be a pro. Um, yeah, I did too. He's, he's going to be one of those guys where if he's the eighth or ninth man in your rotation, you're going to fall in love with him. He, I, think he, I think his team defense is arguably the best in the country. Right now, a uh, really good passer, really good slasher. Uh, once he kind of figures out how to hit a corner three, um, I think he's going to return tremendous value. And I would bet on him being able to do that because we see time and time and time again, guys figuring out how to just make corner threes. Look at PJ Tucker, look at Daniel House, you know, those type of guys. If you can figure out that one skill and all they do is drill it into these guys, that's how they get minutes because everything else he does is NBA level. He's an NBA level defender, NBA level passer, NBA level cutter. Once that sh- shot comes around, I think he's going to make a lot of teams kind of envy um, what he does on the court. But moving on to the fifties, uh, Ricky Council the fourth at fifty one, Zach Eady at fifty two, Khalil Ware at fifty three, Trey Alexander at fifty four. Keontae Johnson at 55, Naquan Tomlin at 56, Imani Bates at 57, Tyrese Proctor at 58, Jordan Walsh at 59, and Trayvon Brazil at 60. Um, Trey Alexander was a name that we all had a lot of talking about during our mock draft war room and then looking at his numbers. They're much more impressive than I, you know. They're kind of insane. They're kind of insane. So I think that's the name. If you're looking for a second round super sleeper that could start to make a little bit of a charge. I think if Creighton has a run, Trey's going to have some fans. I, uh, I was laughing that Zach, Zach Eady finally made an appearance. We've had some people that are starting to get a little drunk in love. Shout out to Beyonce on Zach Eady, just as a potential, like he deserves to get drafted. I don't know what to do with Khalil Ware. I really don't. I don't know what he should do. That's my problem. Yeah. Like, I just don't. Anything he says, I'm going to be like, okay. Like yeah. if he declares, I'm gonna be like, I get it. Um, but if he declares, he better be ready to run through a wall in that pre-draft process because he's gonna need to. Um, that's all I got. Everyone's gonna overreact about Amani Bates at 57. I think that's fine. Too high fine. or too low? I think people will think that it's too low, but I don't know if it's the 
the diehards that have been watching him. I, I think Highlight Machines will watch Imani and be like, this is a first round pick. And I'm like, guys, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, instead, I'm going to pump up Trey Alexander a little bit. Yeah, dude, yeah. Go under. This is like kind of your guy. This I've was your guy in the beginning of the year, and you yeah. got like scared to keep pumping him. And I was like, Metcalf, he could play. I've watched him, and then I've you... been on a roller coaster with him yeah. all season. I mean, I had him like 20, you know, first month of the season. Then things kind of tailed off, and I got scared off. And that whole Creighton team just sucked for like two months, and I dropped him really far. And just this whole time, he's been really good. Uh, awesome on-ball defender. Um, but the offensive strides that he was making at the end of last season, they are incredibly real. So I'm just going to run through some numbers here. So pick and roll scoring, 83rd percentile. Pick and roll, um, including passes, 77th percentile. Spot up scoring, 94th percentile. Um, moving into his shot attempts here if this loads all jump shots 89th percentile 95th percentile catch and shoot 99th percentile catch and shoot when guarded uh 71st percentile dribble jumpers the kid can play i think he's a first round talent um he's in that group of kind of 10 guys from 25 to 35 on my board where it's like these guys should all probably go in the first round they're that good where they can return first round value I'm really, really excited for his matchup against NC State. Um, him, I'm assuming he's going to be guarding Turk most of the time, and that's going to be an awesome matchup. I think he's one of these guys where he is so much better than he is getting credit for. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I, I'm really excited to see. I think Creighton's got a little run coming. I think they're getting – their groove at the right time of the year. Um, they came into the season with such lofty expectations. They battled some injuries. I think Trey could be the guy with Kaluma that start to kind of just slowly get up a little bit. And I'm not saying Trey goes from, you know, late second round to middle of the first round, but I think he could start to become like a priority second round guy. And I think Kaluma is still rooting for the guy. Um, might be good value. That just takes a little time at the, G League or something to get get the groove right, and then he's playing a long time in the league. So that's all I re- really I got, Metcalf. Cool. Um, I'm just going to run through a couple names from my board yeah. that didn't make it on yeah. the no ceilings one. Uh, the biggest exclusion for me was KJ Adams. I still have him at 37. I know that's absurd for 99% of people. Um, I don't care that he's 6'7". He is, his basketball IQ is through the roof. His defensive versatility is top five in the country right now. Um, really smart, connective passer, quick decision maker, rim runner, good rebounder. He is a pro. I don't know if he ends up going pro this year. I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's going to be in two years, but he is a dude who is going to play in the league for a long time because he does everything at a really high level. You want him to sit, just set screens all game. He'll do that. Um, he started to show a little bit of ability to kind of knock down elbow jumpers and floaters. That's awesome. The fact that he's willing to take them, really encouraging. I I just adore the way that he plays, and I think he's going to be a pro um, eventually. It might not be this year because it's kind of hard to sell his 6'7 center um, or power forward or whatever you want to classify him as. I get it. Everything he does on the court is NBA level. Um, a couple others I, for I me. Had him at, I had him at 55. Go ahead. 
Well, at least you had him. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Uh, a couple others for me. Uh, Tyrese Proctor, I, I'm still really intrigued by. Um, Amari Bailey, I'm still intrigued by. And Isaiah Wong, Tyler Burton, Jordan Miller, Demoy Hodge, Emmanuel Miller were kind of the other ones on my list towards the back of the second. Did you have Jordan Miller in your top 60? Yes. I did too. I had him at 60, but um, I like him. Yeah. I like him. Um, senior. I like him a lot. I think that's yeah. a guy that could be a little bit of a, most people like he gets drafted and they're like, what? But I think Jordan Miller could just play. He also might yeah. be a priority to a guy or a G league guy that doesn't stay in the G league long. He just could play. Um, great feel. I think there's a lot of good stuff with his game. Um, I had Kobe Brown in there. I still believe I love the versatility. I just think someone might be intrigued, throw him a bone in the draft. Still like Demoy Hodge. I had Isaiah Wong too. It's just fun. It's always funny when someone doesn't make the big board and then gets projected in the mock draft. I'm always like, <laughs> it's amazing how that works out. So like for everyone listening, like it's not like we just go off that. There's a it, it's been happening a lot lately where we project someone to get drafted. I'm like, he's not even in our consensus top 60, but that's why I love the consensus top 60 because um, you know, three of us could have Isaiah Wong at 53 and he doesn't make the top 60. It's just one of those things. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was, I was a little shocked KJ wasn't on there. He made it, I think before. Yeah. And I, 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 I've been convinced. I, I think it was two mock drafts ago. I, I convinced people to get him drafted in the top 45. And, and Yeah. The thing is with KJ is I think you get to a point in the draft every year. And if I was getting to like, if I was a GM and I got past 45, I would be trying to find obviously something that might just be the spark plug with our roster. And I'm not just talking about like, I I don't, I would not be swinging all like for this is a potential home run. I'd be like, how can I hit a double? And I I wouldn't even try to be going to triple. I'm just like, how can I hit a double right now or a single? And I feel like KJ could be like the eighth guy that you're just like, we have a defensive specialist that's just nasty and got great athleticism. And, you know, he might be the eighth guy in our rotation, but in a playoff series, we might need him to shut down someone. And I think KJ has that, like, yes, he'll have his, I guess if you want to call it questions offensively that he needs to just iron out. But I still think that's a guy that you put in with like four scores and KJ Mm -hmm. just, on the defensive side of the ball, he is fantastic. He's a great asset to have. And I think you see that when Kansas is cooking and Kansas looks as dangerous as they are, it's because KJ Adams is wrecking lives on the defensive side of the ball. And I, so that's why I just keep like, that would be a guy I'd jump all over if I had a late second round pick where I'm like, Hey, this is worth potentially finding a, a connecting defensive rotation piece. Cause like, I think second round, a lot of teams will try to swing, for like, hey, maybe we hit gold in three years. But it's like getting K.J. Adams to be like your defensive specialist could be gold in a different way that some people aren't looking at. So I don't know. That's why I just keep thinking like, hey, top 60, absolutely. I'd have K.J. Adams there. All right. Well, Roker, this is fun. This is blessed as always. Um, Again, our mock draft, our most recent mock draft and uh, big board are on noceilingsnba.com. Also is... 
Rutgers' most recent breakdown of Bilal Kulabali. And by the time you're listening to this, um, if not shortly after, uh, my breakdown of Taylor Hendricks's defense will also be up there. Uh, Rucker, anything else that you need to plug? No, Metcalf, I mean, I'm sorry we missed most of the first half of West Virginia, Maryland, but it's tied right now with three minutes left. So we're okay. Basically, we haven't missed anything. Yeah, and it's 26 to 26. So that's pretty much exactly what we expected. Um, But no, everyone, thanks for for the support. We got a lot of stuff cooking. Also, if you haven't checked out, Colby Jones just did an episode with uh, Corey and Albert. They've got another guest coming on I'm very, very excited for. So those have been awesome. I think me and Metcalf are going to start working on getting some specific NBA writers and stuff to come on and talk about their teams when the draft gets a little closer. But for now, enjoy March Madness, watch draft film, do as much as you can. And um, this is a pleasure at always. We apologize for, you know, going to a seven, but, you know, we don't want to see us go to a 10. But love you all and everyone have a great weekend. Watch basketball as much as you can. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our written work that is 100% free at noceilingsmba.com. Just make sure that you click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials at noceilingsmba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed the enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.